first. Before the end of the first week, Europe began to have the heat. About what God said. I remember God told us last year that this year is such that when you think about something, God will bring it to pass. And I told you, never think evil or wrong because God said, whatever you sow, you reap. That this year is different from other years. Other years, you sow and sow and sow and sow and sow and sow and then pray, pray, pray. But God said, that season is over. This is a season where as you are sowing, the reaping is coming. And I said to you, therefore, either you sow to good or to bad, you will receive it. So, if you sow to righteousness, you will receive good instantly. If you sow to evil, it will catch up with you immediately. I would gather now. And so, but if you look at therefore, the rate at which things are happening is, is terrific. In the shaking of the nations already. And the shaking of the house of God will begin also before the end of the month. But if what God has said is happening uh, as the nation then the glory already is given. Uh, one of the things that God has helped us to share with you, or, uh, in line of the things that you need to do in the time of glory. And during the week, the pastor who shared on Friday, is it Friday, yes, re-emphasized on the need of faith, the things I taught you. Let me first for five minutes, let us discuss what you have learned in January. Now, someone tell me one thing I said you should possess in this year. Faith. Don't talk about faith because I've mentioned that now. <laughs> huh? Obedience. obedience to God. And what? Total obedience. Not obedience to God. Total obedience. And where is that? Exodus 19, thank you so much. And what is the story about? Yes. What is the story about in Exodus 19? Why was God speaking about obedience, total obedience? Okay, let me help you. When we were going to the mountain, isn't it? Yes. When God told Moses to come and meet him on the mountain, yes? Yes. I will be reminded now. Take your sermon notes and let's talk. Isn't it? So, and God gave them condition that if you what? Full, fully obey and keep my commandment. And then you remember I told you that it was not only Moses. God told Moses to call who? Aaron. So I said that every ordained ministers must ascend to their Moses height in this year. Every ordained minister, deacon, deaconesses, pastors, elders. When the Lord says to Moses, come up to the mountain, he says, okay, go. Don't tell the church not to come near. Okay? Then he said, go and bring Aaron. All right? So that when I speak to you, he said, the, the church should sit so that they will put their trust in you. And I told you, therefore, everybody that Moses had laid hands on, in this year must also ascend the hilltop 
So that as God spoke to Moses, God will speak to them, and the people will see God speak to them. Are we together now? So it means that you and I have a lot of work to do. But then God now told the people, for those of you who are the congregation, sanctify yourself. Why did God separate from congregation and the clergy, the priesthood? Anybody who is a priest is expected by God to be mature. Are you with me now? If you are ordained, it is because God expects that you are matured enough, you know your left from your right. And there are mistakes that somebody who is young can do, but you cannot do it because you are matured. You are not expected to do it. Maybe the word cannot, may not be right, but you are not expected to do it. Like those of you who are fathers, there are some things you cannot do because you are a father. How will your child see you, father, dada, doing this kind of stuff? Okay? So because you have to protect your position as a father, you won't do those things. If you do them, you will not be able to instruct your children. So is the spiritual. Everyone ordained as a deacon, an elder. The criterion for it is that it says in Acts 6, a deacon must be full of spirit and wisdom. Not a blabber. Not somebody who talks. When I speak, you don't ask questions, please. You can ask when we close. And you meet me then. So, a, an ordained person must not be someone whose mouth is loose. You cannot take somebody whose mouth is loose to be an ordinary. Because if, you, if a member has a problem and comes and talks to him, or you refer them to him to handle the case, now that problem will be had all over the rooftop. Okay? But there are confidential matters that should not be had. There are duties and obligations attached to the office of the spiritual. Okay. But we know that there are distinctions and categories. But when God will speak to Moses, God removed the barrier. And God told Moses that, I want to speak to you so that the people can see me speak to you. So that they can trust you as my messenger. And he says, now go and bring Aaron. And I said, everyone who has been ordained in this year, Buckle your shoes. Because if they pour oil on your head, it changes your de definition among the people. Then there's a demand from the people. Formerly, you might have been saying that uh, Moses is there, apostle handle it. Any difficult case with the apostle. But now, in the year of glory, is different because you must ascend the hill of the Lord as well. But for you, congregation, the Lord permits the congregation to see the glory, but you must be um, purified. Now, in those days, they talk about purification as washing your clothes and fasting and humbling yourself because it's a temporary purification. Okay? But in the New Testament, I want to help you understand because there's a lot of confusion in the church about this issue. My heart this month is to help you understand God, really, as an individual, so that you will not be confused by any theologian 
And people who have made up their mind to go to hell. There are some in the church today who their benefit is in this world only. And they do everything to get everything that they can from people. They don't care about your eternity. And people like that come with all manners of false doctrine. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. It says, in the last days, many will abandon the faith. They will follow the civil spirit and things taught by demons. Alright? So, my heart for you in this January is to teach you all this, as much as I can for you to run the race. So that no one can lie to you or deceive you. You will bust every lie. No devil can mess you up. And you will not miss heaven too. Are you with me now? So the purification expected that was prescribed by God. That you can't come near my glory unless you are purified. The blood of Jesus has done it for us in the New Testament. Alright? That's the reason why the Holy Spirit can live in everyone who is born again. Alright? So you are not like the Jews who could not come near the mountain, unless they purify themselves. Really, you have been called to the balm of Gilead, the mountain of our God, by the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross. But then, how once you attain holiness by grace, and be made righteous by the Lamb, and being sanctified, John 17, uh, Verse 17 and 18. Let's say that very quickly. Jesus paid the price. Let's go from verse 17, sister. Sanctify them by what? Yes? Give me the King James Version on that. Because there are some people who are King James crazy. Sanctify them by what? Through thy truth. Thy so, if you have been misled by translations, you see that they are saying the same thing. Go back to my NIV. <laughs> I met some people who indulge in translations to, mis- to behave anyhow and ex- uh, exclude themselves from the instructions of the Bible. Don't worry about that. We understand ourselves. Then, this is the Testament. Sanctify them by your, the truth. Your what? Word is truth. So for you and I now you have the word. Yeah? Then look at the next verse. What do you say? Uh-huh. I love it. Stop. <laughs> you, 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 you. Not just apostles, not the ministers, not the deacons, not the pastors or prophets. As the Father sent Jesus, Jesus sent you. Someone told me that. Do I believe that every Christian can do what Jesus did? I told the person that a baby in my church will answer the question. What do I believe? What the Bible says. Jesus said, if you have faith in me, you will do the works I've been doing. Period. Period. Oh, do you mean then that the clergy and the members are equal? (laughs) The Bible says that in the body are many parts. And one part is not better than the other. And one part depends on the other. I told that minister, I need my members to pray for me as well as they need my prayer. 
That's why Paul says to the church, and pray for me. If I think that, the day I think that I'm a more human being than you, I'm a dead man. How many of you breathe? All of you breathe. I breathe also. All of you eat. I eat also. All of you rejoice. I rejoice also. All of you have problem. I have problem also. Hallelujah, somebody. All of you, when they pinch you, it pains you. It pains my body also. Look, because... <laughs> All of you feel disappointed. I've been disappointed. I was telling them yesterday. All the married men here, you have disagreed with your wife before. I do so also. Eh? <laughs> but the difference is this in my disagreement I obey the word in my pain I obey the word okay so to say that you am a different person to you is stupid Jesus said as the father sent me I sent everybody hmm and John 14, 12, if you have faith in me, you do the works I've been doing. And greater works that you do. Because I go to my father. He has nothing to do with pastor or apostle or prophet. Everyone born again can do those things. Oh, the pastor says that, you know, I tell my young ones that if they go out, they should be careful. They shouldn't pray for the sin because the aftermath. I say, what is aftermath? What do you mean by aftermath? If somebody did what Jesus said. Let's assume that some devils decide to attack him. Whose business? It's the business of the Jesus who told him to do that. It's not the business of the one who carried out the instruction. I would mean now. If American government sent you to go and carry out an instruction in a nation and that nation attack you, who respond? U.S. government. You don't respond. It's U.S. government. And it can level a nation because of one person. Okay? They, that is when United Nations law become obsolete. When you touch an American, they will define United Nations law. Haven't they executed the vindication? Then they will now redefine the law. Now, if that happens to a powerful nation in the world, how much more you who belong to God? So, in obeying God by casting out devil, praying for the sick and the getting healed, you have no rem- You don't think twice. Bible says so, I do it. Finish. And that's what I believe. That's what I believe. You and I have joint uh, assignment before God. For humanity to know that the claim of Jesus is the truth. It depends on you manifest and I manifest. I will together. So therefore, in the old, you sanctify. But now, you have been sanctified by the truth. And the word of God in your hand is the truth. Look at the next verse very quickly. Let's read it together, please. Good. But you know, in that Exodus 19, God told them to sanctify themselves. But in the New Testament, Jesus had done it for you and I. I mean, (laughs) I think NIV is very good for me. Because Jesus says that, for their sake, I sanctify myself. Because they can't be sanctified. No man can attain it by his power. So Jesus did it for me. And he said that 
in order that by my sanctification, they become sanctified. Because Jesus sanctified himself, you and I become sanctified. In another word, Jesus was holy, though that made you and I holy. Jesus was a righteous man, and through him we became the righteousness of God. Hallelujah forevermore. Someone says that, can you believe that? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. You believe what your father says that he had done for you, isn't it? If you want to worry about going to school, your father said, don't worry, Dad. I've taken care of that before you were born. Do you argue with your father that, Father, show me the proof. The proof is you go to school. Then he will pay. Hallelujah, somebody. God never lies. Because of us, we can't attain sanctification. We are human. Jesus sanctified himself. But haven't he sanctified himself? When we come to Jesus Christ, we automatically are sanctified, we automatically made holy, we automatically righteous. And that is the born again experience a man encounters. When the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if the man therefore is in Christ Jesus, a new creation, all things are passed away, all things are become new. So, when a person truly gives his life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God enters him. And he will have an instantaneous Change in his thinking, in his actions. Anyone who had not come to that point, you are not born again yet. And to be born again comes from a man crying out to God, his maker, telling God that, look, I'm fed up of running my life. I want you. I can't make it myself. The things I want to do, I couldn't do. I do contrary to it. But, terrible. I want to live a godly life under heaven. I cannot tell you, Jesus help me. When you cry from your heart that day, it comes in. When it comes in, what happens is when you stand up, you're a new person. A person who went to the altar as a drunkard comes out with a power over drunkenness. Even the urge will never come again because he has encountered God. So if anybody's in church and you have not got a transforming encounter, you have to weep and cry and get it. Going to church doesn't save you. Doesn't. It doesn't. Many come to the church, they are not born again. Born again is a transformation of human being. Let me give you an example. Very literary example. Somebody who knows nothing. And he's in, went to secondary school, went to university, and he studied a particular course. After a few years that he studied, he began to talk some sense in the area of his knowledge. And others who knew more than him, when they come to that field, they have to listen to him because he's now an expert in the field. Okay, but it takes a period of time to accumulate that. But the the prior to that, or the, the relative to that in, in salvation is that when you encounter Jesus Christ, the Spirit of Christ coming to you instantly, and He will work out those changes that probably similar to what you have acquired for years on an instant. A transformation from inside of a man to his outside because you encounter Jesus. I've been looking at... Um, Al-Qaeda people who got born again and, you know, Muslim fundamentalists born again. So many on the Facebook now. And one of them was trained in Iran to kill Christians. And he did that. He read Quran every day five times. 
That was his job. He has no other job. Then go kill. And they pay him and he leaves. And he talked about how gruesome he, he kills Christians. And when he kills them, he celebrates, rejoices heartily. And one day, he was reading his Quran in the morning and a light shone into his room from the ceiling. If in a room, a beam of light hit the ceiling and falls to the ground. He said, he was not told, this is his maker. He said, I opened my mouth and said, oh Lord Jesus, how did I know? You know him when you meet him. Jesus said, why do you persecute me? He says, I said to the light, Lord, I, I didn't know that I'm persecuting you. He said, as you kill my children, go now and give life to them. And the Lord was before him for a period. He came out of that place. Bible entered his head. That's a special grace. He took the Quran, flung it away, and started reading the Bible. Yours may not be a light shining from the sky. But the day you give your life to Jesus, He makes a change in your heart. The things you used to do before, you hate to do them. Amen? Amen. So therefore, as Jesus Christ has inherited for us, He gave us salvation, free sanctification, and Holiness and righteousness. Do we have to fold our hands and do nothing? No. <laughs> if you follow a man, what he does, you do. Isn't it? Which means you watch that man. You study that man. You see how that man behaves. That's how you want to behave. You see how that man reacts. That's how you want to react. And that is all we are going to be looking at until our anniversary. How won't you be made holy? Do you have a part to play in holiness? Look at First Peter chapter 1, verse 13 to 17. I believe you do, and I do. Some believe you don't, but I don't believe what they say. Why? The Bible says, therefore, prepare your mind for what? Come on now. Prepare your mind for what? Let's say action. Say action. I love it. Now that you are born again, prepare your mind for action. When we were with the devil, we had actions. Hello? Now that we are with God, we cannot think we are actionless. There are acts that is inspired by Satan. There are acts inspired by the Holy One. Those who have been born again, redeemed by the blood and made holy, must prepare their mind for action. Your mind is a battlefield. It's what determines your tomorrow. Your mind. Whatever rules your mind today determines how far you go tomorrow. And whatever you sell your mind to determines who is your boss. Who are you slave unto? So it says here, prepare mind for action. What action? Number one, what's the first action? Say it loud. Say it loud. 
Hallelujah. Be self-control. What does it mean to be self-control? Control yourself. Control your legs. Control your hands. Control your mouth. Don't speak reckless anymore. Because Jesus says, man, we give account for every little reckless word they have spoken. Control your legs. Don't go to the company of the ungodly anymore. He used to do that. Now you are born again. Withdraw your legs from that company. Listen to me. Control yourself. Your sexual appetite, control it. Don't say your nakedness to a person you are not married to. Don't be deceived by any man who claims to love you but wants to defy you as a woman. Don't be deceived by any woman who claims she loves, she loves you and only wastes your time. Calls you only in the midnight. The midnight you should be using to do something better. Somebody's talking love talk. You will both end up in poverty. That's no love. That's destruction. Lovers pray in the midnight. Not talk. All their night off. Then you get to work the next day you are sleeping. And they fire you. You will soon recognize that love will not pay your bills at the end of the month. Listen to me. Control yourself. That's what the Bible says. The first thing, control your mindset. Your mind. Don't act as you used to act before. Sometimes you need to not respond because the response will be evil. Do you know something? Action, it says, be self-control. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ what shall appear. Think about heaven. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> have you been thinking about heaven recently? If you have not, start thinking about heaven. You saw those guys that were killed this week. Finish. God will not forgive their sins because they were murdered. They will soon be judged. The medium by which you and I die has nothing to do with judgment. You will be judged by what you accept or not and what you did not accept. Those boys who shot them, all right, when they were killed, most people say it serves them right. Yes? And those who were shot by these unscrupulous guys, oh, oh, what a pity. That's all man can do. All of them stand now before their maker to be judged. This is the truth. The judgment is this. Were you born again? No. Hell straight. They don't ask you how you died there. They don't ask you how much you help humanity there. You're not born again. You go to hell. And then they will open books of your life. So that you will know that you were not righteous by your power. Are you born again? Yes. All right. You recognize then that your power did not give you righteousness. It is the blood. Heaven. No matter how many much they do in the world. No matter how many sorrow and money they do in the world. He has no business with the dead. Those who are sorrowing, it is their business. Those who are marching, it is their business. The dead is already before judgment. Have you thought about that? So you set your heart on the things of heaven. Any one of us can be a victim of the bomb. What are you talking? They are marching today. We are here now. Somebody can enter there and explode a bomb. All of us are dead. Facts. I'm telling you the real, the real truth. You haven't seen anything? 
The people who are assigned to kill us are already part of us. Boko Haram of Nigeria, some of these people said they were shocked. The moment the Boko Haram entered, it was their neighbor that killed some of them. Because that neighbor already was a member of Boko Haram. They ate yesterday together. Those who will kill us are part of us. But let me say this to you, therefore. What about if God did not prevent you from dying that way? What happens to you? If you do not set your heart on the things of heaven, you will live a reckless life before God. If you become a victim of death, you will agonize for eternity. Hell is terrible. Don't dare it. There's no such a thing as God will punish you a bit in hell for some time. People call purgatory. Then after many years you have suffered, God will have mercy. It is a pity. You know, when in court they say life is life, the life they don't give parole, that person will rot there. Eh? And if you commit the same murder in Texas State, eh? you yourself who keep somebody will know that there is no life sentence here, but what? Death. Oh, it's a civilized world. world. You'll be civilizedly killed. <laughs> because you killed somebody. Oh, section 8 of uh, uh, the human rights. Section 6. When after you have, been, you have been put on hot seat chair, they will read all the sections even to you before they kill you. And they will still kill you. Oh, I've repented. Then they will kill you after repenting. Don't understand. The judgment of man is like that. More. Servant of God. We must not fall a victim of God's judgment. There is no mercy in hell. Forever and ever and ever. So he says, self control. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. The next verse. I have five more minutes with you. As obedient children, do not what? So. You had, did you see that now? Action. You and I cannot say we are born again and your friends are saying that, but nothing changed about you. We cannot born again are you. Even you are worse than us. We who are not born again, we are still, you know, we have some mercy. You know, when we want to do some bad, we do bad, but there are some degree of bad we don't die. But you, you cannot born again are you. Man is your job. A born again who still does what he used to do before. And he blame anger. He blame, he blame all manners of things. Come on now. Don't let the devil trick you. As obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Don't. The next one. Why, why is he saying this? Shall we read that together? So, now, this scripture tells me two types of holiness. The holiness that you receive and I receive by God as inheritance. Then the second type is the act 
of holiness that we perform while we are alive. Are we in agreement? Is there anybody who disagree? I disagree with this with some clergymen. They told me that you don't need to do anything. Holiness is just grace. That's it. You have nothing to do. I said that, do I not understand ordinary English anymore? At least if I'm suffering from, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, lack of English knowledge, I think I, I'm not suffering from grammatical syndrome. Look at what he says in that scripture. But, isn't it? Just as. I think if I quit that mathematically, I understand what I'm talking about. That somebody has established this datum. Alright? This benchmark. And as this benchmark has been established, all references go to it. Or else, non grata. If I say, as just as Deacon has gone out through that door, let everybody do. What does that mean? You will follow his pattern. He didn't go out through that door for you. You remain here. He's the only one who had gone out. But he showed you how to go out. If you don't follow that pattern, you remain here until kingdom come. Jesus has laid a pattern of holiness. And he says, just he laid it. You and I are mandated to do it. Someone says it's hard. Yes. Tell me an examination that is easy. You have seen somebody who didn't read at all. He went to class and he just passed everything. And the lecturer gave him distinction. Because he just goes there and that's it. He doesn't read. Look what he says here. Just as the Father is holy, so we should be holy in all dust. Give me the King Jesus version of that. But as he which had called you is holy, so what? Be ye holy in all manner of ah, 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 ah. so a conversation can be unholy. So whichever way you do it. Now, in my closing, let me tell you this. What is God saying to you this season? Live every day as if it's your last breath. I do. Listen to me. There is none of us who can say here the day he will sleep and never wake up. We can be very healthy. And we can go to bed in the night and the next morning we are gone. While I was coming today, this morning they gave the word same news because I listen to news when I, when I drive. And they said that a trailer man in a tanker, you know, in, in Pakistan, ran into the other side of the road and hit a bus. And the bus engulfed in flames. And the driver of the tanker jumped out and ran. They are looking for him now. Mommy now said, ah, why are they telling England what's happening in Pakistan? I said, this is world news. <laughs> it is world news. Are you with me now? The people in the bus woke up. And they were going to their normal place. As they do every day. Okay? But today was a different day. On the same course of routine. 
a man for no just cause and cannot ex- explain why. Look at what happened two weeks ago or last week in uh, Scotland that a family was wiped out. Okay? The family were going on shopping and they didn't think they would die. Death will catch us somewhere, sometime, in any form. That's why Christians must live their life one day at a time. And if it's the last opportunity, you will not wish to relive that life. You cannot die and say, Oh Lord, I wish I would have made peace with this person. I would have done this. I would have gone to church and pray. I would have joined those who intercede. I would have joined those who go to... If that is what you did last year, this year don't do it. Serve God to the maximum every day. There are some of you that I can point you out who years ago you are very committed to God. What has happened to your commitment? The devil. The devil. The devil. You know, when somebody is seeking God because he has a need, and that thing is in your hand. Don't think that's the end of it. It can be taken from you. There is nothing a man has in this world that cannot be taken. That had not been taken before. Nothing. 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 Therefore, you are I need to know. Our serving God is not because of what we get from Him. Because He had paid the price of holiness, we have to be holy. He had paid the price of righteousness, we have to be righteous. We have to do things right. We must train our mind so that our mind will be fruitful unto godliness in the church. Don't come to church every Sunday. If you do, you are not serving God. Someone says, what is my evidence? You know I will give you. (laughs) Look at the book of Acts chapter 2. I think I have to stop there because I'm going to New Cathedral. Uh, the, 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 the headquarters. You see, you didn't know my mind. That's why you are responding. And what I was going to say is that the headquarters have had enough of me this morning. That's what I was going to say. You quickly respond. God deliver you. <laughs> okay, therefore, as the headquarters lay an example in everything that you do. Come to prayer every day of the week at the headquarters. Lift up the voice, your voices unto heaven so that I can tell all the branches that the headquarters are praying for you. And show them the video. And I'm not lying. But when I go to the branches and the headquarters doesn't pray and the branch pray, ah, I will say I wish the headquarters are like you people. <laughs> Hallelujah forevermore. Satan doesn't want any one of us to prosper. But he feels. In Christ's tabernacle, he failed. If you listen to me. Look at what he says here, verse 44. Verse 44. Let's read from verse 42, really. Shall we read it together? They devoted themselves. Uh huh. Let's read it again. Did you see the word devotion? And you see all what they devoted themselves to? 
Now look at the next verse. Let's read together. Devotions provoke God to do wonders. I'll tell you. You know, I came here on Friday. In my thinking for 30 minutes. Because I want to meet the cathedral. I haven't told some people to meet me in the cathedral. My 30 minutes became one hour. And as God was moving among them, I was sitting down over there. And the minister was ministering the word of God. And then, the power of God began to move. And God was speaking to me. And when I went up to just lead prayer and finish, and the Lord said, no. He said, last Sunday, I did not permit you to lay hands on the church. The Lord said, because of a new order. He says, I want you to anoint everybody here now. I said, Lord, for what? <laughs> he said, for unction not to fall away. He said, anoint them. Hell has set loose to deceive mortal men. Unless the grace of God is upon your mind. I said, Pastor, give me the oil. And we did a night service. Somebody might not be at work on that day. And he felt he was tired. May you not be tired on the day God will visit you. I told you the story of a woman in my church that I grew up. A preacher came to do crusades. This woman had been barren for years. About She had been barren for well, 12 or 30 years. And the preacher was preaching... The preacher said, we have aisle in the middle, and the third row, the fourth seat, a woman always sits there. Nobody takes that seat. She will come before people, that's where she sits. You know, there are people like that in church. When I want to look for you, I know where to look to. I'll find you there. There are some of you, I have to look where. <laughs> because today you may sit here, and tomorrow you may sit here. And next tomorrow you may... I know what caused that is because you come late. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. You can't own a seat in church if you are always coming late. But those who come early, they put their Bible there, they sit there. And this woman, everybody knows her seat. Hmm? And suddenly, the preacher said, Who is the woman who sits in that place? Another person is sitting there. He says, you are not the one who sits in that place. That is a woman. That woman had been barren for, she mentioned, a number of years. He said, look at the angel. The angel brought the baby. And the angel is walking up and down, looking for her in the church. The angel came to the seat, came directly to the seat, looking for, when he saw the person, woman sitting down, it's not the person that was sent to. And the angel said, ha, 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 another 12 years. And the angel took the baby. The woman never missed service, but that day she did. I'm not telling you fiction. It happened in my church. Let me say this to you. She never conceived again till another time. Yes. You can't choose and pick the service you go. Because you defy God. God says to your church, meet me every Tuesday. 
every Thursday. If you're a member of that church, it's a covenant time with God. Your attitude should be, God will come. How can He come and not meet me? That should be your If you truly love God, you imagine if everybody behaved the way you behave, who don't take it serious. Then, it means the church of God should be shut down in the week and only open Sunday, Sunday. It becomes Sunday, Sunday tablet. If that is you, change. Change. Devotion. Devotion. Let me read it quick, finish your. The next verse. All the believers were together and had everything in what? In common. The next verse, please. Selling their possession and goods, they what? Gave to anyone as he had need. Now look at the next verse. We're going to read that together, shall we? Stop. How many days? How many days? How many days? They continued to what? Meet together in a temple court. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with gladness and sincere heart. And the next verse, I love it. Praising God and enjoying favor of all the good, the wicked, and the bad. Loved them. And the Lord added to their numbers. Every day is church. Here we pray every day, 6 p.m. to 7. Every day. Some people don't miss it. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Then when there is miracle, Father, do it for me. Do what? Do what? Were you there for him when he was looking for you? When God was seeking people to pray. For nations, for people. And he came to church and inspired the prayer. Your mouth wasn't among those who pray. Can God depend on you about his church? He cannot because you love your work so much. Some love life so much. I can understand people who are still young and they're saying that they are old. Mm-hmm. May God not answer you, your, your statement. Because if you are young and you are saying to God you are old, what you are saying is that you want to go quick. Oh, is that not correct? I didn't hear you. A young man is saying I'm old. What you are saying to God is that I finished my age, so take me. That's a fact. So what should a person who is young say? Lord, I still have life for you. Not I'm old. Old where? Old where? Moses was 120. His eyes didn't grow dim. Alright? And his strength did not fail. You and I must wake up this year to hold indignation. This is what I will leave you with. Always treat God as if you are the only person remaining for him to trust on earth. Always treat him as if there is no other person to help God. But you are the only one who is available to help him. To go from work daily to pray in church.